Welcome to Hola Mama Podcast. This is Natalie. And this is Christina. And we're just two friends sharing the weirdness and wonder that comes with everyday mamahood. Hoping to encourage our multicultural mamas as we navigate and raise our little ones between our two worlds. One bilingual conversation at a time. So while you clean up those big messes or fold those tiny little clothes, turn up the volume and join us as we talk all things mamahood. Hola mamas, this is Natalie and Christina, and we are about to start recording episode 25 of this podcast, which makes me very excited because episode 25 just feels like a lucky number for you, Christina. This episode is all about you, girl. (laughs) Why, thank you. So I'm excited about this one because I personally love hearing birth stories I love hearing other birth stories. I don't even care if I know the person. I feel like your birth story is like your wedding story. Just those events that are huge in your life that you just can never get tired of talking about and could never get tired of hearing other people's story. You know, that sort of thing. I agree. My my birth story in particular goes all the way back to Taiwan because if you remember when we were talking about, um, I think uh, last episode, um, we were mentioning that I was in Taiwan um, when we were just teaching English over there, my husband and I, and we already talked in the last episode of how we found out we were having our baby and all those exciting things. And back in Taiwan, we had a contract that we would be teaching, you know, the school year, and then we'd come back. It was like a round trip ticket that was always bought for you. And you would come back in June and then go again in July or August. So you had like a three or four weeks home and then you would go again if you wanted to do a second year so we had committed to originally just doing one year teaching English in Taiwan we had the best time decided to go back and the doctor told us well hey the baby is supposed to be born in September you can either stay and have it in Taiwan in Taiwan so like not go back for that summer in June or go back in June and stay till September have it in the states and then come back you know, after six weeks or whenever you feel ready. So we were like, you know what? We're going to go back. That's the one we're taking. Option two, because this was my first baby. I did not know what to expect. I did not even know how to plan for this. And I feel like because I was all the way over in Taiwan, not even knowing like, oh, let me call a friend. Wait, 12-hour time difference and see how births in the States happen. Or, you know. Yeah. And I even told my Like I even told my mom, hey, you're going to have to help me have this baby in the States um, because my parents live in Indianapolis. And she was like, you know, I've never even had a baby in the States. So I have no clue. And I was just like, what? You're right. Like she had all of us in Latin America. I was born in Guatemala. The rest of my siblings, you know, like Guatemala and Argentina, my little sister in Mexico, because these are the places we lived. So she didn't know anything about having a baby in the States. That is I was just- crazy. Okay, so this is gonna make this is gonna make it like so much more interesting. I think from last week's <laughs> pictures that we posted of you pregnant in Taiwan, like a lot of girls mentioned how brave you are to be pregnant in oh. another country with such a different culture and even like the foods that they have, just so different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I truly believe that labor is one of these moments where ignorance truly is bliss. Like, yes. the less you know, it feels the best. Yes. Oh, girl. That's the approach that I took at least the first time around. 
because I just, you know, when people ask about what are your birth plans, your birth ideas, I was just like, I just don't want to feel pain. Like, whatever, just put the baby in my arms. I don't want to feel any pain. So that was my goal. In fact, when we found from Taiwan, just looking up where are we going to have this, like what hospital, I just Googled best hospitals in Indianapolis because that's where we're going to be flying back to be with my parents. And this top hospital in um, Indianapolis popped up and it had a Starbucks in the <laughs> in the like waiting room area. It had a Starbucks. And oh, Jerry, my husband and I were Sign like, okay, yes. <laughs> we were like, that's where we'll have our baby. We were like, done. <laughs> We don't know about anything else. That's perfect. And we told each other, imagine you can bring me a frap while I'm giving birth. Won't that be fun? Like we were so <laughs> ignorant. Oh my God. You guys are hilarious. So I guess, <laughs> let me start the interview by asking, how did you prepare for, or no, 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 let's, let's take it back. What kind of birth were you planning for? First of all, um, I know a lot of there's, I think like five or six different kinds of births, right? There's hospital then there's at a home, in a pool, mm-hmm. in the woods, I mean, cesarean, <laughs> be bag. So what, not be bag, obviously, but what kind of birth were you um, planning on? Let me just say, I was a different person with this time, like, than I am now. Because I didn't know anything, and I didn't even, I'm even the person that closes my eyes and ears when a woman is giving birth on movies because I can't handle it. I'm just like, I don't want to hear screaming. I don't want to see anything. Like I can't even handle needles. So I was just like, I don't know. I'm just going to put myself in the doctor's hands. I'm just going to like show up at the hospital and like they can tell me, you know, if they tell me to stand on my head or eat dirt, I would, I would just think, Oh, they know. So I'm going to do it. You know, that's how I, so I didn't have any clue about, I just thought, I just don't want anything to hurt. So I was like, I'm going to take all the drugs. I don't want anything to hurt, which is so bad. Careful what you wish for. Oh, my word. But yeah. That is hilarious. So you you would say you were planning for like whatever happens type of birth? Whatever happens, which is the worst plan. But I was just like, yes, drugs, give me everything. You tell me. I'll do it. So yeah. Wow. Okay. I would do everything differently. How did you prepare for your birth? Um, did you like do anything specific? Did you take any classes or what did you pack? Like, how did you, pre- how did you prepare for this? Well, okay. So the moment we walked into the doctor's office, she literally took one look at my husband, who's a giant at six foot five. And she said, uh, that baby's going to be huge. Look at your husband. And just those words scared me. And from then on, all our appointments just included her telling me, that this baby is going to be way too big for me to birth. Hello, first red flag. And she was like, you really need a C-section. I just really want to plan a C-section because this this baby could maybe not fit through your hips, all that. And I'm like, whoa, uh, I have girls, friends that are skinnier than me, and they had babies naturally, so like, no. But she just would tell me that every time. And honestly, I went home crying every time, and I'm not against any C-sections or anything. I'm so thankful for technology um, that saves babies and all that. But I just wanted her to give me the chance to like give birth naturally. I was just super ignorant about the birth process, which is wrong move number one. Um, And I didn't really care to like know or study up or for anything, you know, like I just wasn't, I didn't do research. You know, people say like knowledge is power. I'm like, whatever. I don't need any knowledge. Like, 
whatever. Oh my so, God, Christina. But you I, were happy about the Starbucks down the stairs. That is but hilarious. I just was like, Starbucks. I'm like, Starbucks is going to get me through this birth. I just, it just will. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, I, it was the worst. And so that's what I would say. And so, you know, I just figured the doctors would know what to do. I was safe in their hands. And the problem is I just said yes to everything they suggested when a lot of things are like your choice, depending on your, you know, desired outcome. But like, you know, like if you walk right into there and you're like, epidural, epidural, and give it all to me right now. I mean, they're going to do it because you're asking for it, but you didn't necessarily need that. So I finally agreed to that C-section because the doctors bugged me about it. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just be like, sure. And then they set the date for like, whatever last 40 weeks or whatever and then I said I'm just not gonna show up <laughs> mm-hmm. so I was like uh when that date rolls around if I haven't had the baby I'm just not gonna show up and I mm-hmm. just like told my husband that that's like my plan <laughs> like that was your plan up. okay <laughs> that was my plan okay okay give me a c-section date but I'm not gonna show up just done um because Christina does not like people force her to do things she doesn't want to do hello I've been that way since I was a kid my mom <laughs> She's like in it, but you know, so, I mean, I just, but even that C-section date just like gave me so much anxiety and I was planning on, I was like, I'm going to do everything in my power to induce myself those final few days to make myself go into labor naturally before they get their hands on me. So what did you do? What did you do to like induce yourself naturally? I put a whole pineapple in the blender and drank it. (laughs) My mom made me eggplant Parmesan and I ate as much as I possibly could. I drank gallons of red raspberry leaf tea morning, noon, and night. I ate the spiciest foods you can imagine. I just wish I've been doing that all my life. So it didn't help. (laughs) No surprise. (laughs) That sounds like a terrible case of heartburn. I know, I know. What is people saw you like? What is? He's like, what is going on? Stop, mom, please. You know, <laughs> that's so funny because like... um, there's different like natural remedies that they talk mm-hmm. about, like even drinking castor oil and all that stuff. Yeah, like, that's okay. Well, so you had a whole pineapple. I didn't know pineapple had any type of effect on inducing <laughs> oh, girl, labor. I don't know. I don't know if it does. I just Googled and did what Google said. It's just <laughs> terrible. But <laughs> so I went on long walks three times a day. I did squats when I wasn't walking. Yeah. I ran up and downstairs for hours. I was focused. I was training for the birth Olympics. Like I was not going to let anything stop me. But um, the next doctor's appointment, like nothing had happened. And I let them strip my membranes, which ouch, hurts. Yeah. Really. I would yeah. not do that again, but cool, hurt badly. Yeah. Um, so, so this is, okay. So is this like the last doctor's appointment that you had before the due date? How many weeks yeah. were you? Yeah. So this is like the last doctor's appointment before the due date for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my friends did tell me she had all four of her kids within 24 hours of castor oil. So like, this is terrible. But when she mentioned that, I was like, you know what? Okay. So my mom drove to Walgreens, bought a small two ounce, you know, bottle of castor oil. And I was just determined to save myself and my baby from a C-section. So it was the 5th of September. He was born on the eighth spoiler alert um but it was Sunday the 5th of September and I remember my mom and dad they had just gotten back from visiting my brother and sister-in-law in Ohio which were also due with their first and it was about 5 p.m and I took two big gulps of castor oil oh so you did take it okay so how, how was that 
So I had a lineup of five glasses just oh in case goodness. the drink was. <laughs> I had juice, water, Coke, milk, and lemonade. It was, yeah. And I drank them all. It was bad. Again, the heartburn. Yes. Poor I know. baby. <laughs> Poor baby. Seriously. Everything was bad because I didn't do my research and I didn't learn. Like, hello. I mean, if you go to college for a job, like, really anything you do in life that's huge requires like learning about it. I mean, any job, if it's just even like feeding animals. So like, why wouldn't you prepare for a baby, you know? Mm -hmm. So honestly, I think my denial of like, I don't want to have pain. I don't know. I'm just going to do this and try to help myself. That's what Google said, you know, made all this um, craziness happen. But yes, Sunday night, that was Sunday night. My husband and I couldn't sleep. We were so excited because after I took that castor oil, we were like, can you believe we could have a baby like by tomorrow? Because my friend had her all four hers within 24 hours. So like mm-hmm. in 24 hours, we could have a baby. This is crazy. So we were up all night because we were just so excited talking. I mean, just like from excitement. And at midnight, when I woke up, uh, just woke, stood up um, to go to the bathroom. I'm about to get TMI here. Sorry. But <laughs> this <laughs> clear liquid started rolling down my legs and I was like what like I've heard stories of ladies saying like I don't know if I need to go to the bathroom or if this is my water breaking you know what I mean and it was your water breaking it was and I was just like hmm is this you know so well I tried to lay down and go back to sleep but I got up at 1 a.m and it was the same more clear liquid and I was like hmm same 2 a.m., same 3 and 4 a.m. And I was like, you know what? This has got to be my water breaking. And then I was like, my water breaking? <laughs> like, you know how you think? Like, I don't know. Movies sometimes show it just like, you know, on the floor. That was not how it was. It was just like a little trickle down my leg. So <laughs> I don't know. But mm-hmm. so we were just like, oh, my word, baby. So 8 a.m. rolled around and I felt the first thing I had felt which wasn't painful. It just felt like someone had put like a five pound bowling ball on my stomach for about six seconds and then like lifted it. So that's what it felt like, just pressure. Mm-hmm. And- so hold on, let me ask you something and then we'll get into like your birth um, story. Mm-hmm. So do you think what got you induced was the castor oil or was it the fact that on your last appointment you got your membrane strapped? I feel, I feel like castor oil, but I wouldn't, do that again just because since then I've like learned there's a lot of dangers in that too and the thing is that the castor oil I don't know what I don't remember right now clearly what it does but it cleans you out like your stomach mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have to you want to go to the bathroom a ton and then all that happened you know yeah but I don't know that's a very good question like that is a very quick question huh. I'm always curious like between what's natural and then what's you know technology right. and what's medical and or clinical must be in. so right, okay right. so your water breaks it's eight o'clock in the morning and then yeah so tell us a little bit more about <laughs> your birth story um how did you guys end up going to the hospital who was in the room with you uh and yeah how did you feel like going into the hospital knowing you're gonna walk out with a baby next time oh my goodness well I started to run laps around the house at 8 a.m My neighbors probably thought this pregnant lady is crazy, but I was determined to not let those contractions slow down or stop. Like since that was the first time I was feeling something, I was like, Oh my word, we need to keep this progressing. 
Um, but wrong, no to self and no to our listeners. There is no need to force things to progress. Like your body will eventually get there. Even if it takes us time, I've learned that like you won't be pregnant forever. Like you won't. And every woman is different. Every body is different. And there's something that's super weird about me, but I actually progressed to about five centimeters. Like when my body's allowed to, um, I learned this the second time around, but I get to five centimeters and I stall for about two weeks, but as long as your water hasn't broken, it's fine. And so that is a typical thing that happens with me, which is really weird. And I don't feel any contractions before five centimeters. Isn't that weird? That's that feel. I mean, that sounds like a deal because then you get to the hospital when you have contractions and then you only have like four centimeters to go or five. Exactly. Totally. Totally. And I have gone to the doctor, like the second one, and they would be like, you're having contraction right now. Can you not feel it? And I'm like, no, I don't feel absolutely anything like a thing. So that's just me though. And so it's really weird that I'm always stalling at five centimeters for two weeks and it's always two weeks and then keep going. So anyways, but yeah, I was running laps around the house and trying to keep things progressing. I took breaks to run up and down the stairs and then back outside. Um, one of my college roommates, she has three kids herself. And she told me during that time, make sure you save your strength and rest all you can because you'll need your strength for pushing. And I was like, rest, like whatever, save my strength. No way. I'm having a baby. Like, this is so exciting. Why would I want to rest or go back to sleep? Like it's labor day. Literally I gave birth on labor day. It's crazy, but oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my word. So she, I remember that piece of advice and she was like, rest. And I was like, no way girl, I'm having a baby. This is exciting. Like whatever. So 2 PM rolled around. And my husband and I, and our friend Kayla, so we had a friend Kayla, she was learning to be a doula, and she needed like a third birth to get a certification. And so I was like, oh, we'll just let her join us, and it'll be just us three, and that'll be it with the doctors, um, because of I'll let my birth be her third one or whatever. But it wasn't like she had experience uh, being a doula. It was just like the school part of it. So, you know. But anyway, so we... We were like, oh, let's go to the mall and keep walking um, and then eat at Chick-fil-A and then go to the hospital. So that was the plan. So good old Chick-fil-A was my last meal. (laughs) And and I kept feeling that weight come and go on my stomach, um, which just felt stronger and stronger, like a heavier bowling ball was laid on my stomach for a few seconds. So nothing painful, just like heaviness. Mm -hmm. Um, so after we ate lunch at the mall, we were just like, let's just go to the hospital. Like, there's no point going back home, you know, whatever. So I got all checked in and I was in bed. And the thing is, though, as soon as I got there, so it was like 6 p.m. by this time, my contractions had gone down. And honestly, I mean, I was like, bring down the Pitocin, epidural, give me all the drugs, drugs. That's all I said. <laughs> so I was scared of pain. And this is the number one thing that really that really changed for my second, um, my second birth, because that fear really makes your body shut down and not do what it's supposed to be doing. Right. I was was way more like just accepting of this needle going in my arm for the IV and like the epidural than pain of birth, which is like, I don't know. So I, you know, I was just always like, when I would hear pregnant women that wanted to like experience the whole thing, I was like, no way, girl, you know, put it in my arms, all that. My hair was all curled up. My nails were done. I was wearing full on makeup, even false lashes. Like (laughs) the nurses probably thought that was a big joke. Like, (laughs) duh, 
extensiones, todo el show. I just, I just knew I didn't want to look like crap in my pictures, so I was ready to have this baby looking gorgeous. Oh my gosh, you had to be Instagram ready. You are hilarious, Christina. I'm like, I was so, I'm like, how ignorant were you? My oh child. my god, did so you nervous. have like a photographer in the room with you while you were giving birth? Or? I didn't, I should have. It was just Jerry, but I should have. Jerry and Kayla. But I feel like any apologize to those doctors and staff. They probably thought this was a joke. Or maybe they're like, yeah, typical mom of first, you know, first yeah, time mom. First time mom has, has no, no idea. idea. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what? False lashes, please. In fact, you know, the lady, you know, they put this thing on your finger to like check your pulse or something. She couldn't get a pulse because my fake nails were so <laughs> thick. <laughs> she had to put on my toes. Like, oh my God. <laughs> So, oh my goodness okay so did you get the pitocin yeah pitocin okay. epidural the whole thing um so just for like first time moms that don't like they don't know what pitocin is you will you'll hear about it if you're having a hospital birth but pitocin is just a medication or a drug used to induce labor and it um, creates contractions so instead of your body naturally contracting like your stomach it, the drug is doing it for you so it yeah. helps with like inducing labor or speeding up like the labor process yeah, yeah. so I had this amazing magical nurse named Meg to this day we're besties like I we follow each other on Instagram this whole thing <laughs> she's literally not a real human being she is a real life angel but she <laughs> So she told me, I can see your contractions come and go. Um, so when I say like one, two, three, push, just take a deep breath and push as hard as you can. And I was like, okay. So I would just like scrunch up my face. And she's like, you're pushing with your face. You need to push with your body. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how. how? Yeah. yeah. And I didn't yeah. feel anything. So I had no idea. She's like, this is again TMI. She's like, act like you're just getting ready to poop a really big poop. And I'm like, I don't even know how though. Cause I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, I'm going to lessen the dose of um, epidural just so that you can feel something. So maybe, you know, a little bit more how to do this. They even gave me like sheets to pull so that I could like my body do that, like pushing motion. Um, and I just couldn't feel a thing. And they tried helping me, but again, it was the first birth. So like my body hadn't even done this before. So it wasn't like just nothing was happening. And she was like, you know what? Um, She's like trying to help me. And I don't know about you, but um, hours feel like minutes when you're in birth happening. Labor. Yes. Yeah. In labor because about five hours have passed and it felt like minutes really. Mm -hmm. When I used to hear about women giving birth and they're like, and nine hours and you're like, well, that's a whole entire day. Like, but no, it's que se pasa volando, no sé cómo. No, see, I, mean, I think you just get like so into your headspace that yeah. everything around you, no, no importa, como que se vuelve borroso. You're just focused on your baby, your body, and mm-hmm. just surrendering to whatever is happening, you know? Yeah. So, it's yeah. True. And I, at that moment, I was wishing I had listened to my um, college roommate, Rachel, because it's true, you need your strength. And the first thing they tell you to do when you feel like you're starting to have contractions or whatever at home is go to sleep, lay down, go to sleep. And the second time around, I totally did that. And it was wonderful. But I for sure 
wish I would have done that because I felt so sleepy and I was like can I just take like a two-hour nap and then like let's continue and she's like no like your baby has to be born now like it's there and I'm like or maybe give me like a I was like give me an energy drink or a Red Bull or something she's like no no I was just like or slap me or something because I was falling asleep and wow where was Jerry where was Jerry during the the labor he was right there beside me he's like you got this you can do it and I'm just like okay whatever I can't like and so you know she was so sweet to try to like help me and when she lessened the dose of epidural I felt like a like a blender in my stomach, like a remolino. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to feel anything. Raise it up, like pump up. <laughs> but like, miedo. Era miedo. Yeah. it was just fear. It wasn't real actual pain. It was just fear of yeah. pain. And that was the main thing in my mind, which is, is bad. But, you know, I didn't do my research. And so I was just, that was the main thing. But so, you know, I was falling asleep in the most critical part and there was no turning back. Um, I don't know. It was just, it was just bad. So I remember fading in and out of consciousness, just kind of like my eyes were. And also, you have to know me. I am the type of person that my one of my friends says I'm like a train. Whenever I'm starting to fall asleep, there's no stopping it. Like I can't even physically hold my eyes open. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's just bad. So like nothing keeps me if I'm falling asleep. Oh, I'm right there with you, girlfriend. That's why Celine doesn't take me out to watch movies. I know, I know. It you ends up with me falling asleep, and then everybody's upset. They paid for it. I know, I know. You're like, sorry, I literally am unable. Like, I'm. It just takes over. Like, yeah. I couldn't fight it. Um, and the next thing, and and Meg was so sweet, and she'd be like, Christina, you got to do this. If not, you're just we're we have no choice but to give you C-section. And I was like, uh, like. I mean, the pain would have woken yeah. you up for sure. Oh, totally. Oh, totally. And yeah, yeah. So many times I look back on that and I'm like, yeah, this is what I would have changed and that and that. And, but yeah, so next thing I knew, next thing I heard was like vaguely in my mind, like we're going to have to do a C-section. And I was just wheeled into a different room. My dad's face was the last one I saw because him and my mom were out in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And um, Jerry was like getting his scrubs on as fast as he could because they said he was allowed to be in the room, the C-section room, like watching it. Wow. And yeah. They just so was it, it like a regular C-section or was it an emergency C-section? I think like with cuando es emergencia no dejan pasar a tu pareja nada más. Yeah, so it was a regular. Yeah. Okay. So, so you guys had time. He put on his scrubs yeah. and you guys and I was already your... out cold. Yeah. <laughs> I was already like in seventh heaven, not knowing what's happening. Yeah, so, you and your cocktail of drugs over there. We totally, me and my, where's my frap? Starbucks let me down. Like, <laughs> not what we planned for. So, to me, I was totally jogged up by my own choice. And yeah, they pushed me in. They did a C section. You know, my husband was personally super tra- traumatized because he's like, it was the hardest thing watching you totally out of it and then, like, you know, cut you open and like, move your organs around and bring out this bleeding baby and they were like here's your son and he's like oh my gosh you know and he yeah he was just like I mean I see the baby's fine but like is my wife gonna is she alive still like is she when is she gonna come to like he'd never see me that way yeah so that was the hardest part for him Mm -hmm. and like now was he able to like look behind the curtain or um yeah 
Oh, no so lo he dejaron. saw the whole thing. Oh, he saw the whole thing. Okay, you know how they give um, cesarean moms the option of seeing the whole surgery yeah. with a mirror at the top or any of that? Did they give you those options or? Oh, no, you were so passed I, out. So Yeah, I was passed out, but I saw photos later. I literally found a photo on my phone months later that my husband took, and it was just the bleeding baby that they were holding up. And I'm like, ew. And then he's like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, you didn't tell me you took these with my phone. And he's like, sorry, I just wasn't sure if, like, we should capture the moment or it was to, I don't know. I just took them. Like, <laughs> I'm like, well, thanks. I just was in shock because I wasn't expecting, like, well, that is Sawyer when they first pulled him out, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was, so I was totally passed out. Nothing was like set up because I was out of it. And he saw the whole thing. He later told me and he had like a little tear coming down his cheek because he was like just scared for my life. And I feel like because we didn't even like research anything about C-sections, this was all new to us. And we, again, didn't look into how things were, how things can end up. So it was all like, just super new, super crazy. And like, I think he didn't feel prepared. I know that there's a lot of, you know, moms out there that they love C-sections or they ask for them. Um, but this just is my personal story, you know, so I know it's different for everyone, but like, I was even so out of it that they put the baby on. They told me later that they did, we did skin to skin and I, I nursed him twice and I was not even aware isn't that oh, crazy? Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that is... T- I, I did have that in the questions here. Like, did you have skin to skin as soon as he was born? That's really interesting because you don't... Like, you don't remember that. At all. I never heard his first cry. I was not present for his first hours of birth. Like... And, you know, that's something that I've cried about a lot since then because I was just like, you know, my ignorance and my, like, fear really kept me from being a part of my son's life because I was just like, I don't know, I'm putting myself in dark stands and I'm just going to pick a hospital Starbucks, you know. And so, yeah, the nurses told me you did skin to skin, you nursed them twice, and they were so sweet. They would be like, well, now you can say nursing is so easy. You can do it in your sleep. And I was like, mm-hmm, okay, you know. Yeah, but that's not funny. <laughs> did you did you feel bonded with the baby when he was born or like what was what was your reaction when you like came to yourself after that you know I did your baby's born and then like you gain consciousness like what happened next so I opened my eyes and I just remember waking up from this major surgery looking over at my baby boy laying there in this plastic container they put him in, you know, the, the little things where they're laying and thinking to myself, that baby over there, that's my son. Like, I didn't feel any connection to him at all. And it could have been any kid sleeping over there, like any baby. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that one just so happened to be the one that was in my womb, I guess. But, like, I didn't see him come out. I didn't hear his first cry. I wasn't present at all for his birth. So, you know, it was really, like, a big disconnect. And it took about three days of breastfeeding and then I felt like I would die for this baby if I had to. Like, I would kill mm-hmm. someone in cold blood <laughs> for him. But, yeah. Yeah. But, like, he is my baby boy, and I would do anything to love and protect this little guy. But I didn't feel that way in the beginning. It was only about after about three days of nursing him that I felt that connection. Isn't that crazy? That is because um, a lot of women, you know, nowadays have their babies through C sections. And Mm -hmm. they all kind of see the same thing. Like there's such a disconnect versus Mm -hmm. when the baby, you know, is born naturally to me, it's like, okay, you're, you become a mom, whichever way they come, but 
the hormones, like they all play a very important role in bonding with your baby. So yeah, I, I totally get it. I understand. So what happens um, after, you know, like just take us back to the time when um, you were in the hospital room and they handed you your baby and you were all there, you weren't medicated. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> tell us what that moment looked like. Was there were your parents there? Was it just you and Jerry and the baby bonding or explicando? Yeah, so my by then my parents had gone home. Um, I later saw photos of them with the baby and all that that happened while I was still coming to. But they had gone on home. So it was just me and my husband and um, baby Sawyer. And it was precious. And I was just like, whoa, this is so new. And then like the nurses coming in and trying to show you like, how to nurse them because even though I nursed them before but I was not conscious now I need to learn how that is done and like just the you know you're new and I still had like some modesty but like they would be like you know touching my boobs to help me know how to feed them and that was hard you know and I know that I was yeah. super thankful for them to do that um but it's just it was just hard because you're like okay like uh you know I'm like yeah. right now I literally have to like I had to remind myself they do this every day to yeah. hundreds of women. Like this is just another boob. They're not going to remember mine. So <laughs> totally, moving on. totally, totally. <laughs> it's so true. And we had to call them back a million times to teach us how to swaddle because I remember Sawyer would he was a little wiggle worm. So I'd be trying to wrap him. And like, you know, a one arm would come out and then I'm like put, pinning that arm down and then a leg would stick out. I'm just like, can't do this. And so we call them over and over and they would show us. I'm like, this is the last time I promise. But it was so funny learning how to do that. And later we got sleep sacks and all this stuff. It helps. But yeah, it's a bunch of learning stuff. I did love for the hospital part doing all the room service because like getting all the food I wanted and they'd be like, yeah, you can order anything you want. Like anytime and just call on this phone. And I'm like, wow, like this is awesome. And I did take advantage of the nursery to send my baby there and they would bring him to me when he needed to nurse. So we did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was the cutest. He had the biggest full head of hair which was so precious because he looked like a little troll and they loved to play with his hair the nurses did and it was just so (laughs) soft you know like you just want to smell their hair and their baby breath and then just you can't take their your eyes off of them while they're sleeping in your arms and you're just like this was inside me all this time like like all these nine months it's just you're in awe it's like the one thing that you like your body, I mean, God created inside of you, but you didn't have anything to do with it. Almost like, you know, I'm just here carrying the baby. You know, it's like yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's just, There's so always like this moment when you are holding your baby and you just can't believe like where it came from, you right. know, and then you feel your tummy and it's like, I just, it was in there. Like, how did it even fit in there? It's like they come out and they expand or double their size overnight. And yeah. then it's just you can really see the miracle behind, right. you know, the birth. So speaking of tummies, so you had a C-section. How yeah. did the incision and, um, oh. you know, the recovery of the C-section go for you? Yeah, it was really, really hard. They gave me one of those wraps that you can help your your tummy, you know, as it's going back and contracting. I'm not sure about you, but like I felt, doesn't it feel so weird? It's like a tingling, like a million worms are in your stomach when you nurse your baby and it's like contracting or going back. It felt yes. so it's weird. actually very painful. 
It is. Yeah. And I felt like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, is this what's going to happen every time I nurse? Like, that's not fun at all. And I was just like, wow. Okay. But like, I want my stomach to go back down, but oh my word, I have to suffer through this. And so at home over the next few days, weeks, I lay in bed recovering. It was a challenge. My abdomen hurt so bad every time I tried to get out of bed. And I just discovered all the muscles that you have that you don't even realize, like even just to sit up from a laying position, all that hurts, you know? Mm-hmm. And I learned to like grab a hold of my knees and like rock myself up so that my pollo, like in my rodillas or whatever, because it did hurt so badly. And anytime I held my baby on me or nurse, like his little legs and would be like kicking my incision. I mean, you know, even though it's just a tiny bit, but just everything hurts. And my family and friends would call me excitedly and be like, congratulations, tell us your birth story. And I would just try to not break down in tears, sobbing in front of them. Um, sometimes I did, um, because I was just like, there is no birth story. They cut me open, pulled the baby out, like done, you know, that's my birth story. And my husband, he could barely speak about, you know, he was like chugging back tears, um, because he felt so helpless standing there next to me while I was, all that was happening. Um, and just seeing me lay there lifeless on the operating table, unsure when I would wake up, like it was just hard. Um, and he'd never seen me this way before. Um, but yeah, he was just more worried about me. And so it was something that I think more happens like in your mind, and your heart, especially when if you didn't prepare for that birth or that wasn't the desired birth. And one of my favorite um, doulas now, she says she calls them birth wishes because it's really just a, a desire in your heart for a certain way. And, you know, when women would talk about this is the most natural thing, you know, I just like wanted to cry because I was like natural. Well, why couldn't I do that then? Like, like if this Mm -hmm. is natural, like breathing, then why couldn't I do that? Why couldn't every other woman out there can give birth to their baby, but I couldn't. So I felt Mm -hmm. like something was like taken from me and it felt like something wrong with you even. Yeah. Something was wrong with me. Something was taken from me. A moment that I had been, you know, planning for, for a long time. Well, not really planning for, because I really didn't plan anything, but you know, and Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the feeling from then on. I felt super ashamed, super embarrassed, like, just don't ask me about my birth story, you know, come see the baby, but don't ask me. And I've become so much more sensitive with women friends that have babies to not ask that question, just because often, they're not ready to answer it, or it's just something that was painful or not their desire. And often you need like just a little bit to process it and to, you know, get get over the disappointment or the Mm -hmm you know, frustration that it didn't happen as you wished. And it's taken me really my second birth that was such a healing birth to like really help me get over that first one. Um, And obviously since then I have read my brains out and studied my brains out about all kinds of stuff and realized that really birth is nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to feel like it's huge and scary and like they show on the movies or you know, and I've become actually passionate about birth and learning about it and just being so fascinated with how our body does things. Um, so I definitely big time take credit for this first one turning out as it did, um, because it definitely wasn't like the hospital or the doctors. It was so much starting in my heart and my mind and lack of preparedness and all that. Um, Mm -hmm. and so definitely, you know, that's kind of the headspace I was in, but since then I for sure feel like time has healed a lot but also just remembering like you said that 
however you have your baby, it's just the beginning dot of its whole life. You know, it's the dot Mm -hmm. of of its whole life. And nobody's walking around saying this person's successful. That was a natural birth. This person's not successful. That was a C-section. You know, that's not at all like it doesn't affect like who that kid becomes when they're older. And also, I think so much my heart goes out to like so many women who have complications and things happen and they're just glad that their baby is healthy. And I wanted to be grateful for the same. Just, you know, let me be grateful that I have a perfectly healthy baby boy and I'm perfectly healthy and those sort of things, you know, so I really had to like focus on what I could be grateful for instead of crying about what I couldn't change that already happened. I think I think that's where a lot of the shame comes from. The fact yeah. that you did have a perfectly healthy little boy and, yeah. um, but you didn't have him the way that you expected. So you feel guilty about that, but totally. he's so healthy and he's so beautiful. And a lot of other women would have, you know, loved to have, you know, that little baby. So a lot of the shame comes from that, but still like, if you take time to validate your feelings of brokenness and disappointment and near death experiences, cause that's what they are also. Yeah, um, and it really the shocker, is. It's like, yeah. yeah, the shocker of the birth and also your partner going through it and um, also your partner realizing your humanity, that you are so fragile and they see you, así como dijiste, te ven de una manera que nunca te han visto antes, you know, en la cama, cortada, luego sale un bebé lleno de sangre, like that's, nobody tells you or prepares you for for that, so yeah, I totally relate. And I can, I can see how that was, you know, a, a concoction of emotions of um, just shame, but also excitement and gratefulness and also guilt. And also like, don't ask me, I'm not ready to talk about what just happened because I haven't even processed what happened, you know? Yeah. So sure. I get that. I understand that. So who picked out the baby name? Who picked out the baby name? Okay, we, I'm big on storybook names, like Charlotte's Web, I wanted to name a daughter Charlotte, and Avery on Charlotte's Web, I love that name, Avery, so I don't know, Mm -hmm. storybook names, I love, and this is really funny, because normally people have, like, this really cool story behind picking out the name, but we're watching The Voice, (laughs) and there was a super cute little boy in there, who was probably 15, and he played the guitar, and he was just, like, happy-go-lucky. His name was Sawyer, and we were like, that's a cute boy name, and we just looked at each other, you know, maybe those are the conversations you have when you're pregnant, like, that's a nice name, you know, everyone's name, you're suddenly (laughs) thinking about it. Sawyer was one we loved, and when we heard about that little boy, and he ended up winning, he's just the cutest thing, his personality, and then Sawyer, Tom Sawyer, is a storybook name, and this boy, this is like a story of this kid who's like happy-go-lucky and all that, And then we looked at the definition. It said Sawyer is like one who cuts down trees. So like, I thought maybe that's like a, you know, he's like cultivating the forest, like cultivating things. So like a cultivator of things. And I was like, I like that. That's like a life giver, you know? And so I don't know. We liked how it sounded, but we didn't say anything to anyone because we wanted to wait and see what he looked like. I don't know if this happens to you, but you know, like, I don't know. Sometimes you look at kids and you're like, he doesn't look like a Brian or he doesn't, I don't know, you know, like they're born <laughs> and then you're like, wait, what? That is not, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So we had, but this is so funny. Before we knew who was a boy, I had about 13 girl names that I loved 
and one boy name, which was just Sawyer that we would watch every week on The Voice. And we were like, yeah, we like that name. So I was like, well, if we feel like Sawyer is not it when he's born, we don't have a plan B. Like, there's no backup name for him. (laughs) And so... Yeah, well, he was born, and we were like, yes, Sawyer. And we gave him a second name, Patrick, Patricio, which this was a hard thing, too, because in Latin America, you know, like, everyone's like, ¿Y cómo se va a llamar el bebé? And you say Sawyer, and they're like, Sawyer, Sawyer. And then we're like, you know, if we try to find a name that they can say in both Spanish and English, we're, like, really limiting ourselves. And then we're like, you know what? We're just going to pick the name we like and just go for it. Y pues todos lo pueden decir como pueden. O si no, like Patricio will be his middle name. So like English first name, second name Spanish. Patricio, and they can call him Patricio or Patrick in English. I don't know. Sawyer Patrick, Sawyer Patricio. So he is Sawyer Patrick. That's our little boy. Aww. <laughs> so cute. I, I really like the name Sawyer. You guys did. You guys did good. So, okay, yeah. so to wrap it up and finish everything, just tell us mm-hmm. about the next or the first time you guys took little Sawyer back home and what were the first 24 hours like when you guys were home alone with your little baby? The first 24 hours. So, obviously, nursing needed to, we had to get the hang of that. I had the, again, TMI, cracked nipples, all the, the whole yeah. thing everything I felt like they were jamming um, broken glass into my nipples every time I nursed and I was just like is this how it's supposed to be again something natural that people say is beautiful it's not beautiful you know so I was just like what is going on what am I doing wrong and I had the help of a nurse shield and that was super great and then um, it got a chance to heal up while I could still keep nursing him and it was so funny because the doctor would say, so does he, you know, nurse every two hours for at least five minutes or whatever they would say. And I'd be like, no, he nurses for two hours every five minutes. Like, <laughs> he's on me all the time. You know, yeah. This is just how it is. Oh, yeah. I think um, there's always like a shocker, right? There's always a <gasps> life with a newborn is not that quiet, blissful, you know, like right. magical moments. It's pretty shocking and it is natural in the sense that your body changes so much Mm -hmm. and it does things that you never thought it would so yeah yeah Yeah. so it definitely and my parents were real sweet to um watch him for us for us just go out on a date like for one hour or less 40 minutes literally run to get tacos eat them in our car come back or just whatever real fast yeah Mm -hmm. and that was huge because it really helped me feel like I had a breather and more excited to come home and take care of my baby. And it just kind of just those little breaks were huge. Um, and boy, yeah. I cherished every passing minute more than ever before. Like, you know, before you're just like, eh, shooting a breeze with your husband, almost like not even taking notice of that you're spending time together. And now it's like, oh, we're together. We're eating lunch out. And then I'd look at people in the restaurant and be like, they don't even realize how special this is. Like, they don't realize. I just have yeah. to this is incredible. Like, me eating chipotle burrito this is incredible you know yeah (laughs) I know it's like the little things they become more meaningful and you appreciate them a whole lot more so uh, well I loved hearing your story Christina and I loved hearing Sawyer's um soon maybe we can do Madison's because the second birth is always so different oh yes but um just to close off the episode I wanted to 
just make a little announcement here. Um, this episode will air on a Wednesday. And on Friday, Christina and I are going to go live. And I'm going to do a little mini interview with her. She just launched a company that was inspired by that was inspired by her own children mm-hmm. and her own birth experiences. And this is Pearls and Plots. So mm-hmm. we will have that live on Friday. Don't miss it because this is so new. And obviously it's so, so good for a mom that just had a baby. Um, or well, tell us who, yeah. who is it for? Like, who did you just sign it for? Just to give them a little sneak peek of what we're going to talk about on Friday. Yeah, so this was inspired um, actually by my first, second birth birth, um, because I just in those moments of loneliness, I remember one of my mom's friends sent me over or she came and saw the baby, she visited and then she dropped off this little box of chocolate covered almonds. And those were just for me to keep by my bedside and snack on those late nights when I was waking up nursing and just like getting the hang of caring for a newborn. And I just felt so loved, so overwhelmed by love. And every time I looked at those, I was just like, wow, I'm loved. I felt so loved and like cared for me. Like I was valuable, important, not just my baby, not just like, well, you gave birth or just had this baby, but I felt like as a person, I was valuable, important. And then, um, the second thing that inspired this box is, um, my husband, um, was raised by a single mom. My suegra is just the greatest. So she, um, this was inspired by that, and I'm going to tell you guys more about it later, but those two things are what led me to create this project, and I've been working on it since November, so I'm super excited that it's launched just now, and yeah, it's doing amazing, but I'm so excited to talk to you guys about it and fill you on the details, so that's all I can say for now. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't wait for us to go live and share and talk about it some more especially because I know it was inspired by your experiences giving birth. And I know you've had two very different births. So I'm, I can't wait to, to hear what you have to share. So anyway, well, thank you for sharing your birth story with us. I will talk to you again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our podcast and find out more about us on Instagram.